This is the Nasco Moments radio show, your favorite weekend talk show. It is a pleasure to warmly welcome you to the program this Saturday. How many times have you washed your hands today? World Health Organization's recent estimate suggests that about 5.4% of the world population live with hearing impairment. The figure represents 360 million people. Statistics indicate that the prevalence of hearing impairment in children is greatest in South Asia, Asia-Pacific, and Sub-Saharan Africa. Nigeria is said to have about 11.39 million citizens living with hearing impairment. This, no doubt, is a very sizable figure that should be constantly put on the spotlight. Sadly, this category of citizens appear to be left out in the scheme of things, especially in the course of their day-to-day -day interaction with people in society. This, to a very large extent, is because of the dearth of persons with the prerequisite skills to teach and also communicate with them. On your weekend delight, Nasco Moments radio show this morning, we have invited Associate Professor Elemukan Isaiah Sunday, a specialist in deaf education, sign language, audiology, and speech pathology. He is a lecturer with the University of Jos and a visiting lecturer with the University of Boa, Cameroon. He's also the former president of Special Education Teachers of Nigeria, among several leadership positions. He will be sharing his valuable thoughts and insights as we discuss special education and sign language skills as a catalyst for improved societal communication. My name is Hudun Gyan. We'll be back right after this. Ever since I discovered the secret of Brightex white detergent, my clothes come fresh, bright and clean always. It's mild on clothes and good for my washing machine. Thank you, Brightex. Brightex detergent cleans dip stains and dirt from your clothes, keeping it fresh and bright so your clothes don't fade. It lasts longer. Brightex white detergent, a quality product from NASCO. Take the Brightex advantage today and keep your clothes fresh, bright and clean. For your brightest wash, Brightex. Brightex, for the brightest wash. Prof, it's a pleasure to have you on the NASCO Moments Radio Show. Thank you very much. Okay, so let's start this way. Can you tell uh, the listener what hearing impairment entails? Thank you. Hearing impairment is a generic term. It's a combination of words. People that are hearing impaired are heterogeneous. The reason why we say that is that uh, when we talk of hearing impairment, usually talk of two categories. They have the hard of hearing and the deaf. But there are other classifications based on how you want to put it. Especially when you want to assess them educationally. We usually talk of the degree of loss. We have mild, moderate, severe, and profound. Then we usually, we usually talk of onset. When does it start? Is it prenatal, perinatal, or postnatal? Then we have two major categories again, we call them congenital and adventitious. Congenitals mean that they are born with it, while adventitious mean that uh, it happened by accident you know, after they have acquired language. Then we have prelingual and postlingual, before language and after language. So you see that when I say an heterogeneous word, or it's a, it's a generic term, when you begin to break it down, then you have conductive hearing loss. Somebody who cannot conduct sand from the outer ear to the middle ear. How will he now get to the inner ear? So that is one of the problems. So we have those we call uh, uh, 
adventitious. Adventitious goes with accident or some other happening in life. But essentially, we have uh, people that have mild, 0 to 20 dB when we measure the ionosphere. Then uh, we have, uh, we usually say normal is 0 to 20 dB. But when you defeat from this normal, then you become mild. That is between 25 to 35. Then we have moderate, between 40 to 50. Then we have moderate severe. We have severe, 60 dB upward. Then we have. Is that decibels? Decibels. Decibels is talking about decibels. And that is when you measure somebody with uh, audiometer, which is an electric, electronic device. It helps you to locate where the problem is and how much deficit the person has. Inability to hear sound. Some people are soundless. They don't enjoy sound. Why? Because they have inability to hear. They can't process the sound that is coming in. And because of this, there are a lot of challenges for those type of people. The first one is communication. They don't have language. And if they want to have language, it will be maybe gesture. Except there is what we call early intervention. Early intervention will help us to diagnose and procure some uh, intervention. As early as possible. We discover that language is life wire of individual. Without language, we are nobody. Because the experience is supposed to gain, it's lost. Apart from that, as you do not acquire language at the uh, the right time, there are other uh, problems that will be associated associated with it. Especially when you talk of somebody that cannot know uh, what is even around him in the house. You can't name them. You can't call somebody. It's because of language problem, and that's why we must engage in what we call early intervention okay. to help you to diagnose and know the location. Use some of this uh, equipment mm. to analyze the person mm. and then categorize it educationally mm. so that you can know whether to put them in front of the class, you can know whether they will use sign language, and uh, we have what we call total communication. Total communication is the accepted mode of communication with people that have any problem. The reason being that this sign language. It's just like any other language. The only thing is that we are using sign symbols. When you use sign symbols, you will enable the person to understand what is happening. Okay. But you can leave my, you can lip read me too. You get it. You can do what we call auditory training. That is listening training. You train the person to listen. Because in audiology, we believe that nobody is totally deaf. When you beat anything, it makes sound, telling you that there's residual hearing in individual. Mm. So it is this residual hearing try to capitalize upon and then train the person. Okay. But we need what you call an intervention. Okay. Earlier on, you mentioned accidents as something that could cause uh, hearing impairment. What else can be classified as a predisposing factor that may lead to hearing impairment? One of the predisposing factors is risk factors. Let's talk of the risk factors first. We have genetic. If your father or mother is having hearing impairment, it means it may run in the generation. And that is one of the disposing factor. Then you discover that uh, outside that accident. Accident can happen during birth, before birth, use of drugs. People are used to drugs. And when you use drugs, it can affect any part of the hearing system. You have the outer here, the middle here, the inner here. Wherever it uh, ampers, there's a problem. And that is why we do early diagnosis. Other causes are many. We have a middle ear problem like autotoxicity. We have uh, meningitis, we have uh, infection, infectious diseases, HIV, AIDS, all of them can lead to hearing loss. And uh, noise, noise is an hazard. It prevents you from hearing very well. And we usually 
advise people not to be using gen too much. Use gen too much, it can damage your hair. Not to talk of a bomb. You get it. Trauma can happen. If you have accident in a vehicle and you hit your head, it can lead to hearing loss. So many things have been producing factor to hearing loss. Okay. But genetic is about 50% causes. Mm. You get it. What are the available treatment options for hearing loss? There are a lot of available treatment. It depends on how early you can diagnose the person. The first thing is that uh, we have what we call surgery. There are some minor things that surgery can help us to overcome, especially when you diagnose it on time. Aside that, we have what we call hearing aid. Hearing aid assists individuals to hear very well. So we have different types of hearing aids that you can give somebody. Like behind the ear, I brought some. Behind the ear, in the ear, and even cochlear implant, where you can do surgery and implant the person. We have ordinarily syringe, because they discovered that was ceremony can block the ear or measles or mump all this can cause damages or when somebody is pinching the ear it can damage the ear drop and all this can be remedied at early stage if you discover it on time so that's why it is important we are engaging early diagnosis listen it's the nasco moment show on radio thank you for staying tuned it has indeed been an enlightening show so far and there's much more to come stay tuned Mama Shakara, eh? this your shabby still the shine, <laughs> and how don't fit? How manage? Ah, my sister. Now Brightex white detergent, oh, Brightex detergent not the fade cloth at all at all, and it the wash cloth clean well, well. It gets power to come out all the nyama nyama stain and dirty no matter how it be. You not go chop and soap? No, you not the chop and do. I need good for washing machine too. Eh? Mama Shakara, me too now Brightex detergent I go to use to wash all my clothes now so that I go to shine, shine and scent, scent and make Shakara like you so. <laughs> Brightex White Detergent, a quality product from NASCO. For your brightest wash, Brightex. Brightex, for the brightest wash. You're welcome back. This is the NASCO Moment Show on radio. Our guest today is Associate Professor Elemukan Sunday, a specialist in deaf education, sign language, audiology, and speech pathology. He is a lecturer with the University of Joss and a visiting lecturer with the University of Goa, Cameroon. We are discussing special education and sign language skills as a catalyst for improved societal communication. Thank you for joining us. Uh, now, Prof, how has the use of sign language facilitated communication with persons with hearing impairment? Yes, the use of sign language is very vital for people that have hearing loss. The reason is that sign language is like any other language, and uh, the only thing is that it uses symbols. It has rules, just like any other language. And without language, you are nowhere. You, you may have problems with your learning, with experience, with gaining experience, with even knowing your left from right. Apart from that, you discover that the UNESCO, United Nations, they say that it's lack of education that uh, hinder people that uh, have hearing impairment, especially when they cannot communicate. So that is why sign language is very effective to educate them. And uh, I told you, you can do lip reading, you can do oral rehabilitation, and you can also do some other, uh, what we call total communication. Total communication is that if somebody is using sign language and uh, he may not be exposed early enough, so when you use total communication, which involves pantomime, sign language, finger spelling, key speech, then gesture, uh, all these can be combined so that the person will not be lost out when you are 
communicating. Communication is life. Without communication, we are nobody. And that is why you must intensify sign language on time. But the only thing is that uh, you discover that we advocate that this total communication is a philosophy. To use any method, we have dramatization there, we have writing, we have reading. All this can help individuals to learn faster and understand this environment. Is there a national policy that benefits communication with uh, persons with hearing impairment? Yes, there are a lot of national policies. Especially since 1977, there is national policy. This national policy enables individuals to know what is to be done. Especially, said it should concretize education for people with hearing impairment. That is, you bring concrete objects to educate them. Aside that, since 1977, they have developed what we call sign language curriculum or total communication curriculum to enable them to learn. Then the early education, this pre-primary education, is very important for people with hearing uh, impairment, and it is already in the in the policy. When we have office in 2015, there is national policy on special education itself with its implementation guideline. Apart from that, there are other uh, national laws or worldwide laws like. Uh, Disabled Discrimination Act, which is already which was passed in 2018 in Nigeria. This one is telling you that you must not discriminate against people with hearing impairment or any disability because it's their right to education. They have a right to education. Even the SDG, Sustainable Development Goal, the Millennial Development Goal, the least restrictive environment. That is, if you want to educate me, you must provide access for me. I must be comfortable in the environment you put me. Then we have inclusive education policy that all people that are disabled must be included in the classroom, the regular classroom. But there is theater of professionals to handle these people in the inclusive setting. And these are some of our problems. What is your assessment of government's attention to special education? Yes, my take is that uh, the government are doing their best. The reason is that with policy, there is already a guideline, but the implementation is the problem. The government made policy, but they are not doing monitoring to see how that policy is working. And I told you that they're supposed to be training teachers, even in the policy, that there should be regular training of teachers. The training, which is the key, but this, some of these things are not done. And because of that, we have challenges, a lot of challenges. But like the interpreters, those who help the people in the class, and even it's, it's nationally accepted that if they are doing news or any social guidance, there must be interpreter to interpret for people that are there. But we have the art of these professionals. There are not many in the country. You get it. Because many schools are not doing it. Aside that, there is a policy that says that all higher institutions must have interpreter in their university or institutions. But this is not done. And that there must be element of special education in the school. Just like GST, just like uh, all other core courses that they are doing. They must insert special education. But this element of special education, many schools, they don't have experts to teach it. And these are some of our challenges. But if government can help us to train interpreters, if they can help us to provide facilities and infrastructure in the school system, and apart from that, if they can help us to be the training teacher, one of the major obstacles is that there is no data. We don't even know how many people are hearing impaired, how many are learning disabled, how many are visually challenged. All this data is a problem. We're supposed to have data. And that is, there should be sensor of the handicap. It's already inserted in the policy that there should be regular sensor of the handicap. Up to today, Nigeria is here to do it. Okay. What are some of the specialized uh, training programs that are available for sign language? The, especially in the training of interpreter. There are most of the higher institutions that is only special education to train interpreter. 
because sign language is a course. Communication method is a course. Aside that, I discovered that some individuals who are interested, those who are we call friends of the disabled or friends of people with an impairment, they organize evening classes for themselves. And with that, they learn sign language. This uh, HIV, HIV session in, uh, in uh, Platy Hospital, they've invited me to be teaching them sign language. I've been going there in the afternoon to teach them. I even have one calendar for them to teach them A, B, C, D uh, alphabet. Because when you are signing, there are some words that you can't sign. The sign is not available. So you have to do what you call finger spelling. And when you are doing finger spelling, it's the ABC that we use to finger spell. That sounds interesting. Yes. Um, are many people, I, I wonder if many people are interested in learning sign language and so on. But I will get to that when we return from this break. Listener, join us again. Mama Shakara, eh? this your shabby city shine on. <laughs> and now we don't fit. How manage? Ah, my sister. Now, Bright Text white detergent, oh. Bright Text detergent, not the fit cloth at all at all. And if they wash clothes clean, well, well, it gets power to come out all the nyama nyama stain and dirty no matter how it be. You not go chop and too? No, you know the chop and do. And it's good for washing machine too. Eh? Mama Shakara, me too now Bright Text detergent I go to use to wash all my clothes now so that I go to shine, shine and scent, scent and make Shakara like you so. <laughs> Bright Text White Detergent, a quality product from NASCO. For your brightest wash, Bright Text. Bright Text, for the brightest wash. Thank you for staying tuned to your radio. It's your favorite NASCO moment show. Our guest today is Associate Professor Elemukan Sunday, a specialist in deaf education, sign language, audiology, and speech pathology. He's also the former president of Special Education Teachers of Nigeria, among several leadership positions. He has been sharing with us his thoughts and experiences on our topic today, special education and sign language skills as a catalyst for improved societal communication. Now, um, we've heard quite a number of challenges so far that uh, you have talked about. Can you share with the listener what it takes, what the challenges are associated with acquisition of sign language skills? There are a lot of challenges in the acquisition of sign language skills. We have the first thing is that there must be enough light want to sign. If you don't have enough light, somebody will not see your hand. They will not see your, the movement of your hand. So that's one of the challenges. There must be enough light in the sign language. Then we have finger dexterity. If you don't have finger dexterity, you cannot sign. That is, your hand must be flexible so that you can uh, flex it to reflect some of these signs. Aside that, there's no standard curriculum of sign language. So everybody just do it so you get it. If there's a standard curriculum, then most of these interpreters are not well paid. You get it. And there's no scheme of service. So without scheme of service, it means I don't have official. You get it. So if there is a scheme of service, somebody who's an interpreter can run this uh, scheme of service and he doesn't need to jump from interpreter to lecturer. You get because many of them converted to, to lecturer, thereby reducing the uh, professional engaging in that. Aside that now, you some people may have eye strain because when you concentrate on looking at uh, one object for long, there may be discharge uh, from your eyes. You get it. Then aside that, if you want to teach anybody sign language or you want to interpret, your dressing matters. You should not put jewel. You should not use a multicolor clothes because instead of you looking at your sign, they will look at your dress and thereby it will distract them. These are some of the challenges 
learning sign language. That's interesting. As an expert in this area, what practical steps would you proffer for the improvement of special education, especially for the hearing impaired in Nigeria? The first thing I will, first solution I would prefer is there should be legislation. There should be law. If there is a law that is challengeable in the court, you can always have advocates who will stand up, or the NGOs who will stand up to protect the right of people with a hearing impairment. So, I told you that there is this Discrimination Act, which has just been passed in this 2018 or 2019. And this uh, Discrimination Act, the law was passed, but it took about a year for the president to ascend it, to ascend to it. And aside that, up to today, they have not uh, composed the people that will be the board to oversee this thing. They monitor it. If you are doing anything, you must monitor it. See successful, there must be evaluation expert to help us to evaluate some of these things that is happening related to sign language and special education. Aside that, there is funding problem. Because when you budget 1% for normal people, it stands 10 that you should budget for people with disability. But the country is not looking at that. You get it because they need a lot of infrastructure. They need a lot, a lot of uh, support. You get it. If there is no money, they cannot get some of this support. Then uh, they are of professionals. Not everybody likes special education. But you discover that special education is it aims at volunteering, helping people. People that are special education, they are advocates. They uh, prefer advocacy so that people will be interested. Apart from that, this attitude is a problem. Attitude of people. When they see you that you are challenged, they begin to, some of them will even run from you. Some of them will not socialize with you. Whereas they need to socialize with them, make the friend with them and help them so that they can benefit from the society, you discover that people that are disabled are profiterized. The reason is that there is no training for them to enable them to function, to empower them. So because of all this uh, discrimination, attitude, so it's a lot of, it poses a lot of challenges. Okay. Now you've talked a lot about death of professionals in the area. We don't have enough uh, number of people who are sign language experts. So going by your experience, what practical strategies can be applied to improve the number of these experts? The, one of the strategies is to improve the admission policy. Admission policy into some of these uh, higher institutions. You know, when you increase the number of people that you enroll into special education, both as teacher and both as students, you discover about 40 million, according to UNESCO, say about 40 million people were not given the appropriate education. You get it. And if you want to give appropriate education to this challenging individual, you must provide teachers, you must train people. And that is why admission policy should favor them so that enough experts are drafted into uh, that area. Okay. What are your parting words on this uh, conversation this morning? My parting word is that uh, everybody should be his brother's keeper. If you are your brother's keeper, you will care for them. You get it. You discover that and the public condition is is uh, nearer to everybody. It's um, marginal. It is marginal. Because it can happen to my sister, it can happen to my brother, it can be me tomorrow. Because some of these causes are everywhere. Where you are going, like noise. You see this uh, Boko Haram people, they are damaging people here. And uh, you discover that 
even when you go to work, you are bound to have hearing loss. And because of all this, it means there must be early diagnosis. There must be early intervention. You get it. And there must be experts. And there must be volunteers. People who are ready to assist them to the highest level. Because there is need for supportive services. Everybody should be a volunteer. All right. I have been speaking this morning with Associate Professor Elemo Kansande. Thank you for your valued time and for enriching the, the listener with your insights this morning. And uh, we have been talking about special education and sign language skills as a catalyst for improved societal communication. We have to end this episode of the show. We believe that the time you've spent at listening today has been worth it. You can follow us on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash group or follow the Twitter handle at NASCO group. You can freely send your feedback on any aspect of the NASCO Women's Radio Show to the email info at nasco.net or by text through the dedicated care line 0805-774-7777. The NASCO Moments trivia question for today is, what was the first world sign language? Who created it and what led to its creation? Send the correct answer via text to the number 0805-774-7777. Remember to include your name and location. The NASCO Moments radio talk show has been brought to you by NASCO. It was created by Unimark Limited, marketing communications consultants. Executive producers, NASCO Marketing Department. Producer, Harun Audu. Research and content development, George Palm, Malau Silvanus and Harun Audu. Production coordinators, Solomon Audu, Malau Silvanus and Deborah Galadima. I'm Hudun Stay safe and endeavor to use your face mask always when you leave home.